And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to another Red Side episode of Red Side of Trent. Um, a bit of a delay on this one, unfortunately, but it's on the back of another Monday night football as Forrest drew 1-1 against Aston Villa at the City Ground under the lights, finally stopping the rot a little bit after five straight league defeats and in the process consigning the world-famous City lot back to the bottom of the league and the Reds up place to 19th. I'm given a job of hosting a go for this one, so do go easy on me if you're listening and we'll get through the game against Villa. Steve Cooper's surprise new contract, plus a bit of a fallout after the slept on it thoughts, as always. I think it's time we got a bit of a little jingle for that one. And then we'll also um, cover the Wolves game for this Saturday because with a turnaround, we're not really going to be able to do a preview show with Wolves fans, so... We will go through that game between ourselves. Unfortunately, Adam is working late, so I'm only joined tonight by Christian and Lee. Gentlemen, how are we? Very well, thank you. Very well. Good. Good. Yeah, all good here. Good. Right, so we'll dive straight into the Villa game. I'm going to start with you, Christian. So it was five changes from the Leicester game. So in came Dennis, Toffolo, Yates, Froiler and Aurier. And they were in for Wanye, Williams, Lottie, Lingard, and O'Brien. What did you make of the lineup? A surprising, uh, very surprising. When I saw it, I was a bit. I guess it's sort of it's one of those that made a bit more sense when you look at it in hindsight. It's sort of like actually, okay, fair enough. Obviously, you don't get that at seven o'clock. You're just thinking, oh Jesus, like. Um, but obviously, he went very experienced trying to stop the rot, didn't he? Like, obviously, you think he brought Kuyata in, he kept cooking. Like Toffolo's obviously very experienced in the English game. He's played his whole career in England. So obviously he got and got them overloaded. Um, yeah, he went with what he knew, really. The only experienced one to miss out was Lingard. Even Dennis obviously played the whole last season in the Premier League as a striker. So that was very much his um, first and foremost, it seemed like. And I guess, yeah, it was there was a few surprises in there. But I think on the balance of things, it did work. 
whether that's sustainable moving forward is another matter. But I do think, you know, at least it's just, you know, it's like I said, it stops a rot, stops a run of the feet. It's, uh, it's quite nice coming in the day after a game knowing you haven't lost. It's one of those that I'm sure we'll come on to as well, that even though it was a draw and even though we were the home side, I feel in some ways the point actually benefited Forest more than did Villa, which is quite surprising. But um, yeah, I think it was, it was a bold team selection by Steve Cooper, but it did pay off. And hopefully we have some platform to build from now and to try and climb up the league. Following on as well with you, Christian, it was one of them changes what got the opening goal. First start, first goal in the red for Manuel Dennis. Um, I mean, typical strikers finish, really. Ghost, great ball from Gibbs White, wanted it, ghosted away from his marker and a five foot nine striker with a free header against, you know, Tyrone Mings, who's six foot whatever. And Konza's also a big guy. What did you make of that goal and his overall performance on the night, Dennis? Uh, Tyrone Mings had a shocker for both. I mean, he gave, he gave the free kick away for a start. And again, that was from um, Dennis pulling him well out of position. And then... Um, no, just the second was, you know, just <laughs> just, just ignore striker and just let him go from Mings again. So, I mean, you, like, I get, like, one of the reasons that why people get so annoyed with Tyrone Mings being in the England squad. I know he hasn't been for a while, but that was exactly why people get annoyed because those two instances there, mistakes cost him the game. So, yeah, I mean, I think Dennis, Dennis played well, I thought. that I thought he had, I think... Um, he, he was very obviously very skillful, you know, rode left quite a lot. You know, him and Gibbs White switched positions and the middle of defence didn't really know how to deal with that. I think that what was Dennis's downfall was that he probably got knackered. Like Cooper was saying after the game that, like, you know, he's been unbeknownst to um, you know, the public eye. He's been having, he had a grade two shoulder injury, very similar to one that Ryan Yates had last year, had to have a spell on the sidelines for. Obviously, you know, he's had a, he's, he's a lot of things that, you know, people don't necessarily realise when, someone joins a club there's a lot of like a betting in period and obviously his has been a bit more I don't know, a bit more topsy-turvy than most I suppose but I thought Dennis played well obviously you could see when he was getting tired his composure started to go I know he was giving the ball away quite a lot especially in the second half so I did agree with the sub when it came but you know he definitely made a very good very strong case to be starting games in the future and again really with the money we've paid from him and with his return last season this probably should have come a lot sooner I think Cooper did actually say he's still playing with that shoulder injury, didn't he, as well? He did, yeah. So, so he's, um, he's still yeah. you know, running through the pain barrier for Forrest. Yeah, that's it. Fortunately, though, that lead didn't last very long at all, just seven minutes. I mean, me personally, I've watched it quite a few times now. I thought it was a brilliant strike from Ashley Young. Um, I know a few have asked questions of Dean Henderson, so just what your thoughts on that. And also... You know, you are our resident ref, as you, I'm sure you're now aware. Any claim for foul on Yates in the build-up to that goal at all? Uh, well, I screamed for a foul, but obviously <laughs> that was purely because I was at the end where it happened and obviously we, we're all supporting Forrest. But uh, no, I think looking back, I don't think it was a foul. I think if refs are going to start giving fouls for them, I think I think every paying supporter wants referees to let the game flow. And I think if we start giving fouls for that, then it's going to be, you're just going to pay to listen to a whistle. Um so it wasn't a foul for me. Um, it was a great strike. I think of all the long-range goals we have conceded, I think a lot of people have kind of jumped on the bandwagon a little bit with the whole, now every time we concede from outside the box, someone's not, you know, got to be not closing down quick enough. But I don't think it was a case at all. It just happened so quickly from 
from Yates heading the ball and then Young picking it up. And I think if you watch it back, I think there's a good angle at the moment from behind the goal. Um, he actually directs it into that bottom corner. I, I, I don't think there's any... You, you know, for example, um, Shaw's at Newcastle, for example, I think he was just trying to get that on target. Um, but, you know, similar to, similarly to Barnes last week, I think he actually directs it into that corner. So, yeah, I, I'm not going to give anyone any blame for that goal. I think it was just a really, a really good strike. And it's, it's one of them that in this league... Um, you know, sometimes they are going to sail into the net, unfortunately. Yeah, Roy Keane said that on Monday Night Football. I did watch the analysis um, last night and he said when you watch the angle from behind the goal, I mean, it was pretty, you know, you can't really say anything about Anderson for that. It was just a really good strike. It's just a shame it was out of absolutely nothing. Mm. Um, there was also a penalty shot second half of Villa. What did you make of that one? Well, I mean, in real time, I mean, I'm, I'm miles away. I'm in the Trenton, so... Yeah, it, it's hard for me to say, but having looked at it back, I've got to be honest, I don't think it's a great deal different to um, the one which Arsenal, was it Arsenal got the penalty against Liverpool. Yeah, I don't I think it's a great deal different to that. And I think it's, I always find it quite difficult to listen to people talk about referees need to have consistency. Well, in that situation, you're never going to get it because it's a subjective, it's a subjective call. And every referee is going to referee games differently. I know that people say, oh yeah, but law's black and white. Well, Penalty appeals, when, when it's an handball or something, yeah, well, that's a bad example because handball isn't black and white these days, is it? It's, it's all over the place. Um, so, yeah, you, you, what I'm basically getting at is I can see why people do call for consistency. They want the same decision in different games, but referees referee games differently, just like certain midfielders play different to certain other midfielders. It's just how it is. Um, Villa will feel aggrieved because it happened 24 hours after a club got one for pretty much the same thing. Um, so yeah, I, I, again, if it happened to Forest, I'd be I'd be saying the same. So it's it's one of those things. But um, yeah, I think again, if we're going to be giving penalties for that sort of stuff, and we're asking refs to be consistent with it, they're going to be giving a lot more penalties, aren't they? So you guarantee, you know what the paying football fans are like. We'll be moaning then that oh, there's too many penalties in the game. So you the referees can't win sometimes. So. We got lucky, I suppose, um, on Monday, um, and I guess we'll take it. What did you make of Anthony Taylor's performance as a whole? Do you think he had a good game, or what did you think? Um, he was okay. Um, I don't think he was horrific. I don't think he was. He didn't blow me away. Uh, but I think he was. What I do like about him is, I think, like Michael Oliver, you can tell that he's he's up there getting the big FIFA games. I think um, he's he's very calm when when all around him usually in the stands, are losing their coolness. Um, he gets around the pitch well. That's what they look for. Um, his image is pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I thought he was OK. Um, again, if, if you rate, I know some newspapers don't they do player ratings and they'll give the ref a little one at the end. Um, it had just been a six. I don't think he did anything to warrant um, bumping up. But at the same time, I don't think he did anything bad. To, to It was just a steady performance from a pretty steady ref, I thought. Yeah, that's fair enough. I'm going to talk about some of the players' performances now from Forest because, like I say earlier in, in the introduction, we did make five changes. So, for me, Christian, Yates and Froiler were both excellent in the middle. I mean, Garth um, Crooks put Cuyarte in his team of the week, who I thought did OK, but I wouldn't have rated him above them two. I mean, what did you make of their two performances? 
Uh, I was very surprised, actually, or more so in Yates' case than Freuder's. Um, Freuder looks every bit the player that you know, Forrest signs. You know, the one who you know, run the midfield for Atalanta, does it for Switzerland regularly. You, see, you can see it there. Like he was, he looks to be everywhere. He would have got my man of the match, actually, from Monday. He just every, he always wanted the ball. He was always available. He was always you know trying to make things happen. He was getting stuck in. He was in the right place at the right time to cut things out. He was very, very good. Like that, that's the sort of performance you look at that and think, bloody hell. Okay, fair enough. That's that's a step up from what we had. And um, no, that's full testament to him. Hopefully, you know, we get with this new shift in formation, he gets a run of games and he starts to really you know, put his mark on the team. As for Yates, Yates was phenomenal. And um, you know, I said in this podcast a few weeks ago and you know, with some strong justification as well that I don't think Ryan Yates is a Premier League starter. But no, he fair play to him. He was brilliant. He was everywhere. He was. I think what I liked about Yates was he was playing a lot of short, sorry, a lot of short, sharp passes back into the midfield to then feed out. And unfortunately, well, we tried it quite a lot with Johnson. Obviously, Villa did a very good job on him defensively, but he was doing all the right things. Yates, you know, he was again winning headers, getting stuck in. You know, he led by example, and that's the sort of performance you want to see from a Forest captain, which is the best compliment I can give Ryan Yates, really. So, yeah, he played very, very well. Um, as for Kiyate getting in, Crooks' team of the week, well, I mean, covered a lot of ground, Kiyate. Uh, obviously, he was a bit unlucky at the end. One of my mates is um, a big Palace fan, and he sent me a message saying, if that Kiyate shot had gone in, I'd have, like, lobbed my phone out the window because the amount of times he's done that, sell us and put it out into the road behind and um, then gets one on target. But, um, no, Kiyate, I thought his physical presence was very good. Apart from one ropey back header, which let Watkins in, um, I think... You know, he played very well. Yes, I think it was it was exactly what Cooper would have wanted to see. I know it wasn't the style of football we, we want to play going forwards, but I think most importantly from the Villa game, we would have cleared a lot of psychological hurdles. We didn't buckle when we conceded again. You know, we still kept shape. Our shape was brilliant all night. And, um, you know, I don't remember Henderson really making and do much. There was that safer than Watkins header, but, you know, it was quite a soft header. It was pretty much the save you expect him to make every time. Then, obviously, the goal, again, much like Lee, I've watched it back. It's, it wasn't like the ones in before, like you know, the Cancelo one or anything like that. You know, Johnson tries to get his foot in. Freud rushes out to him and tries to stop him. It's just a very good goal. You hold your hands up and go fair play. So, that will happen. But, and there's nothing Henderson could do with it really either. But I think, you know, from a solidity aspect, Forrest looks so much better. And that came from that midfield free working as a unit and you know, covering the ground, getting their foot in, winning their challenges, winning their duels. And you know, helping Forrest get up the pitch, which was you know great to see. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
Just a break in play to give a plug to my business. This is Reese off the pod. Um, I have my own courier business, um, RL Delivery Service. Um, I do local and GB deliveries. Um, good rates, fully insured. So give me a message on it's RL Deliveries on Twitter. You can find it in my bio, which is um, Reese spell R E I double S N F F C. Or I'm also on Facebook at RL Delivery Service so if you do need anything moving give me a message and I'd be more than happy to help I'll follow on with you Christian for this one um, two different wing backs as well which I think is fair because you know Williams did start the season really well but he's really gone off the boil Lodi I do feel I'm going to be a bit controversial here I do feel a little bit sorry for him because he's, he's come in and he's lost five games on the spin and he's getting quite a bit of stick which you know, he has been poor, but I think he's been part of the poor side. But Ore and Toffolo come in, which, to be fair, a lot of fans wanted. What did you make of their two performance? And would you keep them in for Saturday at Wolves? Um, if I was Neko Williams, I would be very worried right now because Ore was very good in that hour. In fact, it was the closest we've seen probably since Spencer's left, of course, that we actually looked like a joined-up right-hand side. Um, Oreo was getting forwards. He was winning. Even though he's not the tallest bloke, he was winning his headers, like getting stuck in, you know, largely trying to stop the cross. It, it did very well on that side of things. But more importantly, when the ball did go up to Johnson, obviously I mentioned earlier, Villa marks him very well. Oreo was always there as an outlet. And, you know, it, it just it's not Williams' fault because, you know, you, you have pace that you don't. But Oreo's that much faster. He can get to that position that much quicker. And it helps us. You know, we saw how strong that right-hand side was last year you know, when we had Spence and Johnson, both of whom were rapid. And um, yeah, I think Oreo played very well. And obviously, it's a shame has come off after an hour. And I don't really think Williams did a lot in the half hour he got suggested he should be starting on Saturday either. So I would very much stick with Oreo if he can, you know, if we're getting an hour out of him, it's a bit annoying to make one of your subs a right-back. No, I'm really, that's not ideal. But that's just the situation we've got. Before he showed his class, he played in a very mature manner. And yeah, no, that's, as home debuts go, very solid foundation. Uh, start as you mean to go on sort of thing. As for Toffolo, um, no, I do feel Toffolo is one of these players that was sort of was made better by not playing because of the situation. And like you, I do agree with uh, this. Um, some of the things said about Raylan Lodi was just laughable. Um, no, the discourse around him has been staggering on the back of one very poor performance at Leicester where everyone played badly and a few just sort of like average showings elsewhere. I think with Lodi, it's just the expectation because of his stature, where he's come yeah. from, what country he plays for, and it's obviously of not materialised so yeah. far. But like, you know, people saying, oh, we can't defend. Like, do you really think Diego Simeone, one of the most pragmatic managers in Europe for the last 10, 15 years, would even contemplate having him in his team, let alone playing against 29 times last season if he felt Lodi couldn't defend? So that's ridiculous. But um, Toffler did okay. I thought a lot of people blew his performance out of proportion. He held his shape well, I think. But I always feared every time the ball went down that side because Villa were overloading every time. Cash was basically playing as a right winger. like, And whoever they had in front of him was basically playing as a forward. So, and, you know, you, that's why you saw Gibbs White dropping back to like auxiliary left back at times, really. Um, again, social mentions of Gibbs White, he was brilliant, absolutely brilliant on Monday and defensive work he did was outstanding. And um, I don't know, I never really felt that confident with Toffolo running backwards. I think, again, much like about Williams, his pace was very much exploited. He was steady, but that was about it. Um, as for Saturday, 
Ken, it, like, it's a six out of 10 performance from Toffolo, really. It feels a bit harsh to bend him off for that. But given that we are going to go, okay, to much faster side with Wolves, obviously Nelson Semedo running at him and probably Adama Traore down that side as well. I wouldn't be adverse to seeing Lodi come back in just because he's much quicker, can deal with it a bit better. But again, that's one for Cooper to make, really. Something I did notice about Ore, which was very interesting, is on the highlights, is it showed our team talk, obviously the huddle before we started. And Ore was very, very vocal in that. Um, mm. I don't know if you guys have seen it in that huddle. Um, just before Yates start talking, he's like the one like going through them all. So that was that was good to see, really, uh, for someone who's just pretty much come in. Yeah. Um, to wrap up the Villa game, we'll wrap it up with you, Lee. Um, just a couple of questions, really. This is probably one for myself. I mean, was you a little bit disappointed that we didn't go for it at the end? And we we did really settle for the point, didn't we? Um, I do get like we stopped the rot and that. But do you feel from that performance that we can push on now? Because that is the platform. That That's all it's got to be, ain't it, if we're going to get out of trouble? Um, or do you still feel a little bit concerned that we might go back to getting beat on Saturday? What did you make of it at the end? And um, for the future, I mean, it's difficult. I don't think, I think we'd all as fans in the ground like to see us have a go and try and win, especially considering um, the former in. But I think ultimately Cooper couldn't win in that situation because had he done that and we'd gone and got it on the counter and lost, that's um, true. It's it just a manager will never win in that situation at any level of football. I mean, I've seen it on my games and it's 1 1 and the team that's you know, that's desperate for the points, tries to to go and win and they get picked off. But even more so in our state, I think it, it, Cooper's not a silly man. I think um, he, he recognised that stopping the rock was massive. And I think one thing that I thought was telling on the radio afterwards was when he said that we knew that a point would get us off the bottom. I think that's such a psychological thing to not be bottom of the league. Uh, yeah, obviously we want to be you know, vying for that 17th place, really. But, you know, you, that wasn't going to be decided on Monday. So I think it was important to to not be going into two tough away games on the back of six games where we've lost them all. So, um, of course, I'd like to have seen us have a, a go and try and win. But at the same time, I think the to play like we did and, you know, like Christian just said, the shape was fantastic. And uh, to, to really put a shift in like that and to get nothing would have been absolutely sickening, not just for us, but for the players as well. Right, just quickly read through the um, slept, the slept on it thoughts, which has become a bit of a feature, hasn't it, from um, this season. So Johnny Ancliffe has put, like the new formation, maybe a few tweaks in personnel needed, but we were a lot more solid. Add Mangala and O'Brien into that middle three. Also, Brennan Johnson needs some time out of the team. That is clear for all to see. We'll do in the world of good. Sam 4-3-3 worked very well and we should definitely stick with it for the time being. Garibaldi Nerd um, is asking what has Worrell done for seemingly permanent banishment, which is a fair point. Uh, Matt Hoy, Brazilians don't like Yates smashing into them. I must say I did enjoy um, Yates smashing one of their players. Uh, Jerry Pritchard, we were much harder to penetrate tonight, although there were a few through balls and ones over the top. Pretty much fair to say, like you said, Christian down that left side with Cash. More cohesive defensive unit. Yates was industrious. Toff did well, deserved the start. Dennis is lively, but very frustrating. Johnson awful again. How was he not subbed? That is um, the view of um, a listener, not of us, David, if you're listening. Um, Phil, shape much 
better without the ball. Captain's performance from Yates, Freud and Dennis, excellent. Once the right personnel are in, we might win a game. Johnson's a shadow of last year. We stopped the right onwards and offwards. Sam again, tough load starts. Allen, good shade. Clearly not Cooper's vision, but real but um, real pragmatism. Yates, McKenna and Freud are all good. Toffolo, breath of fresh air. Dennis, excellent, till he clearly got tired onwards. Um, Grant, much better formation-wise and start the losing run. We're trying to grind it out now until things click. Click, keep points ticking over. But Freud, Yates and McKenna, excellent. I do agree. McKenna and Cook, I thought that was their best game of the season. Toffolo could make the World Cup for Brazil. I don't think he can because he's English, unfortunately. And then um, Emma, Yates a standout for me. Just needs to be that bit stronger. Cook also a standout, even if I did have reservations about him starting. So there, this week, slept on it thoughts and a lot more positive than recent weeks, which is nice to see. So now we're going to move on to what was the shock news last Friday. I think everybody was shocked. Um, I do think after the Leicester game, most would have probably gone down the route of thinking... It was very 50-50, even more swing towards Steve Cooper going. And then all of a sudden, it comes up on TalkSport that Steve Cooper signed a new contract with Nottingham Forest. I think they was as shocked as us because I think they'd been literally lining up the guns it, to reveal the big breaking news that had been sacked. So that um, stopped them in, the, in their tracks, even though we are sponsored by them. So I won't go too much knocking them. Um, Christian? Was it was it the right decision? Simple as that, really, to tie Cooper down. Yeah, easy. It was it was like the most no-brainer decision we could have made. I, I think what people started to realise was, and I'm sure there would have been a few that would have left like um, the King Power or been watching on TV or anything like that, and thought, "Fucking hell, we need to make a change manager now." When you look what's actually available, you think, "Oh shit, okay, maybe not." And I think that it seemed that the board may have had a similar realization because. You know, those options were not good. You, know, you go from like dining at a Michigan star restaurant with Steve Cooper to fucking digging out a bargain bin with Rafa Benitez. It's a bit of a, you know, it's, it's not good. So I think they made the right decision. I think for a number of reasons, it was the right decision, apart from, you know, all questioned over his quality. He's the one that started to like gel this group together. One of Cooper's big strengths is putting teams together very quickly, as, we, as he's done with England on the 17s, of course, as he did last season. And, you know, he's still got some more tight. We're seeing it now bit by bit. I don't think any other manager that's available would be able to have that gelling process any better than Cooper Woods. Then obviously, you know, everything else as well. I just think that, you know, obviously the connection with the fans is very special. We haven't had that in a long time. I mean, like I said, we before the Villa game, I think we lost the last five, conceded 18, we're bottom of the league, with one, one and eight. And yet every single comment, universally to the announcement that Cooper was given a new contract was one of widespread positivity. And there aren't many managers who can have that effect anywhere around the world. So, you know, he's very much valued by us and with good reason. And that's not even a sentimental aspect either. It's just because we know how good he is and we know what kind of job he's got to do and the job that he is doing as well. And very well so as well. Um, you know, if you look at it you know, for the stats, gurus and omens, Forest are actually performing better than all the three teams in the relegation zone this time last year after nine games, which, you know, it's just all positive to cling on to. And um, bear in mind all the turnover and et cetera like that. I think Cooper's done a brilliant job. It was the right decision, 100%. The um, question for me, though, is, you know, whether it can stay rosy for a while and what else is going to go on behind the scenes. But well, in, regards to, in regards to Cooper saying, though, that is 100% the right call. And I'm very happy we've done so. 
that does kind of lead me on to my next question. I will stick with you for it. I mean, if we are in real danger of going down, do you think he would get the chance to take us down, I guess, and bring us back up? Or do you think then the board would get twitchy and make a change? I would like to think that he would, but I don't know. I think that I don't, I don't honestly don't know. Um, it would be I mean, the, most sensible, the most sensible thing to do would be to keep him because, you know, Steve Cooper's points per game in the championship is exceptional and you're going to have three full seasons there. So, well, two, two and three quarter seasons there. And he'd be going down as well with a strong Forest side because realistically, even if, okay, we'll, we'll lose people like, let's say if we were to go down, we'd lose Lingard, we'd lose Lodi, we'd lose probably Dennis maybe. But by and large, we probably keep people like O'Brien and we probably keep people like Omar Richards, you know, and, you know, we just, okay, we might lose near Carte, we might, you know, obviously Bianconi was brought in for this similar sort of scenario to have Panzo coming back. We'd have been in a very good position to go back up again top two. And I think with Cooper, we would absolutely do that. So, it, but whether the board wants to accept like a short-term paying for a long-term gain sort of thing, I don't know. I worry now we'll end up in a pro, you know, like we'll end up hiring passion merchants like Chris Wilder if we do, if we were to get sacked, um, go down, sorry. It just seems like we've lost a bit of stability. Like obviously removing like, Sirianos and Andy Scott, people who are responsible for like, the signings we made last season, the signings of people like Jed Spence, Zinkan Eagle, you know, Keenan Davis, they're all identified by them. And now they've just been taken apart. Like it does feel like if we are to go down now, I think we could be in a bit of trouble. Like more so than the obvious. I just don't like because you get a feeling we could revert back to just signing oh, he's a name, we'll get him in. Oh, he's a name, we'll get him in. Oh, he's a name, we'll get him in. We'll end up with like, like Harry Arthur 2.0, Lyle Taylor 2.0, etc., etc., and we just stagnate. But with a bloated wage bill and with players who clearly don't want to be there. So that is a concern, but we'll just have to see how what happens. But yeah, it's, it's a little bit bleak seeing the news coming out at the minute. And it's especially annoying as well that the club have done it after such a good... We finally stopped the rot, as we said. We finally got things right. Take a big step forward on the pitch. You know, stop losing them. Stop losing games off the bottom of the league. You know, didn't cave in again. You know, all these sorts of good positive things that you think, oh, okay, we can go to Wolves on Saturday. We've only scored three goals all season. Take this positivity in with us. And now it just feels like the weight was lifted for about four seconds. And now it's just like, oh shit, here we are again. Like, what's going to happen? Who's going to come in? Like, and that is a concern. But we always have to see what happens, I guess, because it's on it out of all of our hands, really. Yeah, I mean, Lee, Christian's just touched on it there. The shine, the little bit of a shine has been took off it, and it because, um, you know, the news yesterday was that Andy Scott and George Siderranos are both gone. Um, if we believe what's said in the press, Andy Scott was a Cooper appointment, so that is a little bit odd, I guess. Um, Dave Murphy is staying for now. Um, but if talk is to be believed, that doesn't look like that'll be, you know, that'll be more of a fleeting experience rather than staying long term. I mean, what did you, what do you make of them sackings? Yeah, like Christian just said, it, it does take the gloss off things a little bit. I think, um, especially when you read that Syrianos was responsible for the, the loan signings last year and, and that sort of stuff. But ultimately, I mean, maybe it's just me, maybe I'm a bit long in the tooth now, but. I don't really know why we're still surprised because, I mean, you've only got to look at what Marinakis does at Olympiacos. I mean, 
we're lucky he's not sacking four managers a season. He's sacked four already this season over there, hasn't he? Um, So, I mean, I'm always, I'd be saying this if it wasn't Forrest as well. I think it's his club, it's his money. Um, And ultimately, no one else can tell him what to do in that situation. Yeah, as football fans, we have a platform, I guess, um, to kind of advise him. But why why should he listen to us? I mean, he's got more experience of running football clubs than anyone uh, who sits in that city ground. So, um, it is a bit of a shame. I think um, the, the key for me now is who's going to replace them. Um, if we go out and get decent appointments and, you know, a, a bit of a, a Syrianos 2.0, then all might, you know, become a bit rosy again. But by the sounds of, again, like you said, Reese, if you believe what you read from certain um, in-the-know people and journalists from, you know, reputable journalists at that, it, it, might, not be, it might be a change of strategy, which... Um, Obviously, it would be a worry. We don't want to be seeing the likes of. I can't even think. I could name fifty, couldn't I? Um, so yeah, um, let's see. I, I don't know. It's one of them. I think some people spend far too much time of the day on Twitter bashing the board, and I think if you're doing that all day every day, you you need to get more hobbies. I just I don't know. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's I, we're in the Premier League. Let's you know keep going to the games, keep backing the team. It's nothing to do with the team at the end of the day. Um, so let's hope that they'll still roll their sleeves up and try their best. It's a shame, but ultimately we need to see who's going to come in and replace these guys. I think the biggest worry of it all for me, like Christian just said, is that Scott was a Cooper appointment. So how's he feeling about it all? Um, who knows? We, we just don't know, do we? Um, I'm not going to lose too much sleep about it at this stage. So as I did say in the introduction with the turnover um, between this pod and the Wolves game on Saturday, we won't be doing a preview show, um, unfortunately. So we'll brush over it um, now. Um, for those who can remember, a few years back, the last time I visited Molyneux, we pulled off a shot 2-0 win when Wolves were, won the league that season, the championship. Uh, any idea the goal scorers, guys, that day? Ben Osborne and Kieran Dow, if I remember right. Correct. Well, very well done. Yeah, we'll, we'll take that result again um, on Saturday. So, <laughs> I had to change my notes for this one, Christian, as I said to you um, off um, <laughs> recording. Uh, so, it did look like Wolves were going to point Julian Lopetegui, the former Sevilla and Spain manager, and Real Madrid as well. Um, some some CV, really. But that's fell through due to the private matter, unfortunately, as father is um, not very well so do wish him the best with that but it does sound like Wolves really haven't got a plan B as well if you you know believe what Alex Crooks says I know the was linked with Pedro Martins I know you said Christian there was now link being linked with a return for Nuno but so hopefully you'd think with it being Thursday tomorrow they're not going to have somebody in by Saturday would you say that's a positive that we're going to avoid a new manager balance especially Nuno obviously if he return or does it really matter I think there is something in it. I mean, you, you got to take any small win you can get, any small possible advantage, but it's psychological, physically. And I think there is one there because um, one of my mates, um, Chelsea season ticket holder, and he said that, you know, Wolf of Dyer, he said that he expects them to be in a relegation battle unless things change very quickly from what he saw. And, um, you know, he said that basically it was lump it to Costa for half for an hour. Costa got tired, went off, and then Wolf just had no idea. Obviously, Jimenez is still in Mexico. He won't be there. Um, Fabio Silva sent out to Anderlecht, I think. But uh, more, more importantly, obviously, we, we signed Gibbs White. But um, Connor Cody, you know, for those they said that he couldn't defend at a forward. It was too slow. Rah, rah, rah. Goes to Everton, like excels in a back four. 
and Wolves have a plethora of defensive issues. So it's not looking good for them at the minute. Um, obviously, they have the player quality in there to sort of turn it around, turn it around very quickly. You know, that Nunes, especially from you know, Sporting, they just signed 45 million. Obviously, Ruben Neves, you know, highly sought after central midfielder. They've got some, they've got some good players, Wolves. But in terms of bounce, I, I think it's good that there isn't a man. Because if you think about it, like new managers don't tend to lose their first game anyway. I know Sabri is the exception with Forest, but O'Neill as well. O'Neill, yeah, all that. I'll remind every time I'll remind people of that. I guess <laughs> when you go through as many managers as Forest, one of them's down to get that rule wrong. Very true. So, Very um, true. But um, no, it's especially with being a home game as well. It would have been a bit of a buzz around one in you, I think. If there was a new manager in a dugout or even the stands, you know, just watching, looking down. Especially Nuno. Yeah, it's, it's exactly that. So I think um, that's sort of, they're still sort of a bit like a bit edgy, a bit next. So I think it's just probably a good time to play them, as good a time you can play them as you would have wanted to, really. So yeah, I think that it's important that they don't have anyone lined up for Saturday. But ultimately, these players will still be playing for their future regardless. Whoever is going to come in will be watching these games and thinking, okay, is that an area I need to improve on? Is that something I need to fix? Is this someone I want in my team? So, you know, they won't be going into it half-heartedly, but just maybe without an actual manager could maybe put them down a slim, slim, like 1% chance of winning. Who knows? Just to wrap it up from yourself on the um, Wolves game, something what I did find surprising is that they've only scored three goals in nine games this season. I mean, that is mental, uh, really. So that, I mean, it's awful. I mean, the next worst is us and Villa on seven. So mm. that's more than double, for example. I mean, obviously, everyone in this league has got really, really good players because they're playing at the highest level in, you know, the best league in the world. Is there anyone you really fear for Wolves? Because, I mean, Diego Costa in his prime was incredible. Obviously, he's not that type of player anymore, but he does sound like a player whose only goal for Wolves would be against someone like Nottingham <laughs> Forest to me. So, is there anyone from Wolves who you really think they could cause us problems? I think even this, I think like Costa is obviously... His quality is still going to be. I know he's not the same player he was in 2014-15, but you know, he's still a handful. Still, and if, still if it, a bastard. If it, yeah, if it descends into a physical battle like it did on Monday night, he could be quite crucial, actually, because mm. I don't envy any central defender who wants to go toe-to-toe with Diego Costa. If we have Nicarte back, that'll be a big boost just to deal with him alone. But then again, Cal can you drop McKenna after the way he played on Monday. So... There is that. I think, like I touched on earlier, it would depend on who we play on the left because if they do go with um, Adama and Samedo as their right-hand side, that is obviously an abnormally quick right-hand side and one that I think any defence, if they're on form, will struggle to contain. So that could be interesting to see who plays there. Again, it, I, we thought Matty Cash is fast, don't get me wrong. He's not the quickest player in the world, though. So if Toffler was getting overrun and exposed by... Matty Cash being out there, then with two actual full pacey ex Barcelona players and Samedo and Traore, that could be quite a concern. So that's a flashpoint of concern for me. And of course, you know, Nuno is like someone that Pep Guardiola calls one of the best midfielders in Europe, just rocks up at Molyneux. Obviously, he hasn't quite hit, like, you know, made him blow out the blocks yet. Looks a bit like nice in passing, but not really anything substantial yet. Again, it would be very typical of Charity FC for letting Nuno get his, his Wolves account underway. So those are the players I think I sort of look at. But other than that, I mean, you know, every team in this league is going to have good players. There's everyone. You have to take it as it is at face value. And right now, I think what we've got a very, this is a good time to play Wolves. And, um, you know, the supports 
sort of wavering a little bit. They're a bit concerned. They're a bit, you know, on eggshells because of what's going on. And like you said, three goals. They weren't scoring goals on the um, lager either. I think I think he managed like 42 games. They scored 38 goals in those. So, you know, it's less than a goal a game. And um, no, it's a bit sort of like shades of borrow with Karanka, really, when they had Negredo up front and got had the best defence in the league, but also had the worst strike force and went down. <laughs> so they'll be worried. And, you know, on the back of finally ending um, it's the rot, and finally like digging the hills and then looking to look upwards now, I think, you know, it's, Forrest can definitely get something there. Right, just to wrap the Wolves game up then with you, Lee. Um, something that I'm not really seeing mentioned as of yet, but I'm sure it will probably get mentioned tomorrow or Friday. Morgan Gibbs why goes back to Molyneux for the first time. Um, I'm not sure what reception he'll get. I'm sure a lot of Wolves fans are happy with the price he got for him. Hopefully we'll we'll see his first goal for us. He's I'm sure he's racked up a few assists now for us and to Gibbs White from set pieces. So hopefully he can open his account for the goals. Um, would you make any changes from the Villa game, Lee? Or would you go and change? Um, I try and make as few as possible, if I'm mm. being honest. I think it's important that we get some sort of settled eleven. Um and I don't I don't I don't didn't particularly dislike the having seen it for 90 minutes when obviously when it came out, I think everyone was a little bit shocked. But yeah, yeah, I think um you're gonna have to check on certain players. Will Koyate be fit? Um, you know, the ones that are kicking on a bit will cook play again. Um so we'll have to have a look at that. I suppose playing Monday and then Monday again will help. Obviously, this week is a little bit different because we play on the Saturday. So there'll be little checks to be made. But yeah, I'd try and refrain from making... I certainly wouldn't make any in attack. I'd play Dennis again. Um, again, having not played for so long, will he be ready? Um, so yeah, I just think we need a, a two or three games um, until we play the double header in November at home. I think these next four games, I think I'd try and make as few, few changes as possible um, if we can, just to try and get a settled side together. As for Gibbs White, I think um, if you if you read on Twitter and social media, some of the abuse his family were getting while they were watching him, while he was still playing for Wolves, I think it's pretty fair to say he'll get a pretty yeah, tight reception, to be honest, from them. Uh, I think it'll be quite hostile towards him. But I think um, he's going into it in the perfect time because I thought that was his best performance for us um, on Monday so like you say Reece, hopefully it can be a first goal for him um, we know he's got goals in the locker I think he's just got to he's another one that perhaps just needs to pull the trigger a little bit more often he, he always seems hell-bent on teeing others up but um, he does get into some good areas and you know perhaps just needs to have a, a bit more of a shot sometimes so yeah like Christian said as well I think it's uh, it's definitely a game where we, we've got to feel that we can go and get a positive result I mean, obviously, one person who has um, been a lot of talk of whether he should start or not is Brennan Johnson. Would you start him again on Saturday? Um, yeah, I think I would. I think um, I actually thought Johnson's better better attributes, well, his better moments, should I say, on Monday were actually getting back and tracking back. He doesn't always do that. Um, that's no criticism of him attacking players. If you've got the right defensive players, shouldn't have to do that. But um, I, do, I do get that some people have criticised his work rate and that sort of stuff, but... Again, I'm not sure that was a mate. I think he's had worse games on a work run, a work rate basis this season than he did on Monday. Um, so yeah, I think because he because he kind of him and Gibbs White kind of slotted in quite nicely going back. I think I would give him another game. Um, I've said it before on this podcast. I think when you get Brennan Johnson in the right positions on the pitch, he's probably well certainly in the championship he was our match winner. Um, he's not going to stop becoming one of them just because we're in a different league now. He's a young guy. 
Um, he's going to learn. And I, I don't I don't necessarily like this talk of, oh, he needs a period on the bench. Yeah, it might help to put him on the bench for one game, but Cooper knows that better than anyone else. Um, it, 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 is Johnson the sort of player that will benefit from a game on the bench or will it knock his confidence even further? So he's got to weigh that up. Um, but yeah, I think for Saturday, I think I would um, go with Johnson again. Fair enough. Right, last but last part then now, because um, um, I know Christian's got to shoot as well. So run through these quickly. So the, the, these are the predictions for Saturday. Obviously, Adam, unfortunately, couldn't be with us tonight, but he did give us a prediction and he's gone for a 1-0 away win. So we'll take that every day of the week. Christian, start with you, mate. What do you think? Um, I reckon, I think Wolves are getting nil. Um, I do think that, um, I think that's, I think we can get a clean sheet there, definitely. Um, it would be typical for us not to, to get like a you know, Ruben Neves scores a fucking scream of a 30 yards, something like that. And then go eight games in a row. That's it. <laughs> Considering from out, go outside the box. But um, no, in all seriousness, I think we can take a lot of positives from Monday. And, I think one thing Cooper touched on after the game, which is very true actually, was that when we did counter, we got into some really strong counter-attacking positions and the final ball let us down or you know, a ball in between, like in transition would let us down somewhat. Like I noticed um, there was a few from Dennis in the second half especially, and there was a few from Williams as well. In fact, Williams' delivery on Monday was abysmal at a time where we needed it to be concise and try and get us in, moving up the pitch. And I think that... Um, but the important thing is, was we, we were getting into those positions on the turnover, which is good. And um, I think we did that again on Saturday. I I would agree with Adam. I think we can get a 1-0. And it would be very poetic if it was, if it was Gibbs White to do it. <laughs> very reminiscent of the Gediora Thunderbolt Absolutely. from Wolves a few yeah. years back. That was um, I was at that game and that was a super goal. Lee, what about you? Um, difficult, isn't it? I, I think I'm probably viewed as the, uh, the pessimistic one, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know. It's difficult. Um, I'm going to go for a win as well, actually, just on the basis that I'm not there. Um, it's a long old story, but I'm going to watch Stockport against Grimsby on Saturday. So there we go. Um, so on that basis, I think we might win. We might get our um, break our away day duck um, in the Premier League. So I think there'll be more goals. I just think I don't. I don't think we're ready for a clean sheet yet. I just don't. Um, I think we'll score first. I think they'll equalise and I think we'll win 2-1. OK. Um, I mean, for me, obviously, you've kind of drew a line, haven't we, now under them five straight losses and this is the platform for us to build on and so we probably will come five o'clock Saturday see more where we are if that you know, was a flash in the pan Monday or it is actually something we can build on. I am going to be optimistic because you've got to be. I'm going to the game. So I'm going to agree with you, Lee. I'm going to say we're going to win 2-1. Fingers crossed. And because it's a bit of an upward curve now into difficulty until we get them back-to-back home games. So it's like Brighton. And then I know Liverpool are poor at the minute, but it is still Liverpool as much as I hate saying. And obviously Arsenal are absolutely flying. So this that game on Saturday is very key. Well, but that's it then for this episode. Thank you for listening. I do hope um, me as a host didn't hurt your ears too much. Um, I'm not sure I'll be doing it regularly, but it was something I wanted to try. So hopefully it went all well. Um, if you haven't already given our page on Twitter a like, it's at Redside Trent. So as well, you can, you know, we do put out posts and that you can interact with, etc. after games, uh, get your slept on it thoughts on Sunday morning. 
And until next time, up the Reds, and let's hope we can have another positive result at Molyneux on Saturday. Take care. Bye. Just a quick one as well from all of us on this podcast. This is something that we all share, and it's something that myself and I'm sure the other guys have noticed as well, is that a lot of people, especially Forest fans, as that's what mostly I do have on my Twitter, um, seeming to struggle a little bit with their mental health at the minute. You know, if you are struggling, um, by all means, message the pod and one of us will reply to you or message somebody on Twitter, you know, use the Forest timeline with the hashtag or just to make sure you talk to somebody rather than doing anything silly. Um, there is plenty of options out there. You know, if you also want to talk to someone in confidence, there's, you know, charities like Mind who will help you. Um, but just make sure you just talk to somebody rather than, you know, doing anything silly. I think that's um, an important message to relay um, to anybody who listens to the pod who might be struggling at this time. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.